Blog Talk Radio.
now. Welcome to the Friday night edition of Prayer International Radio. I am your host, Sean Holmberg, along with Christopher Herzog. And we are here for another two hours of prayer, teaching, and worship. Our call-in number tonight is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything whatsoever, or if you have something on your heart, please give us a call. We also have a chat room open if you need immediate prayer and don't um or don't have the ability to call in. Um our email address is prayerinternational at gmail dot com. And so we will be back in just a few seconds.
Welcome back to the broadcast. This is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. And we're going to spend some time in the Word of God tonight. Um, Luke chapter 5. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him, to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of something I don't know how to pronounce it so I'm not going to try and saw two boats standing by the lake but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets then he got into one of the boats which was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they they forsook all and followed him. It's a funny story because these are fishermen who know everything about fishing. It's what they did for a living. And they fished all night long and caught nothing. And when exhaustion had probably hit them and disappointment, because they had tried everything they knew how to do, and there were just no fish. So they were giving up, ready to call it a day, go home, Explain to the wife why there's no fish. Jesus does something interesting, and he said, cast out your net into the deep for a catch. It's interesting because not only did Jesus tell them to do the exact thing that they couldn't do on their own he also told them to cast it out farther and almost like telling them to broaden their expectations of what was going to happen because before the fish could be caught they had to have the expectation of the fish being caught. And and 
And Simon, and when he said this, Simon complained a little bit, said it's not possible. We tried it. But then he said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And there's where faith steps in. Because there is times in our lives when we try things with our own strength and we fail miserably. Utterly, totally, miserably fail. Because whether we don't have the right knowledge or we don't have the strength or we don't have the insight or possibly just we don't have the expectation. But we end up learning to trust upon the Lord and to lean upon the Lord. And his the scripture says that God said, my, my grace is sufficient and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And the thing about grace, grace is the unmerited favor of God. It is the active working of God in our lives on our behalf and through us to accomplish that which we in no way, shape, or form could accomplish on our own without him. And that relates to pretty much every area of our life. And not only do we need to lean on him and rest our hope fully upon him, we have to have faith to expect and act out upon that faith. You know, this is in, um, I believe it's James, it says, faith without works is dead. And it says in Hebrews that those who come to God must believe first that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek them. You know, we talked about Abraham a lot and the story of Abraham. And, you know, Abraham had tried forever to fulfill the promise of God in his own life. God had spoken a promise over his life, and Abraham kept trying to do it in his own way and failed miserably at it. And at the point when he was old and tired, the Lord reminded him that he was going to still fulfill the word in his life. And the Lord said, it'll be a seed that comes out of you. And that's where the promise is going to come from. Not some other plan, not some other purpose, but my plan and my purpose is going to be fulfilled in a specific way as he had ordained it into Abraham's life. And so, even though Abraham, similar to Simon, had toiled and labored in vain to create the promise of God, it came to a point when he had finally given up trying to obtain the promise of God that God once again spoke and told him to expect and to believe in that which was impossible. You know, Simon and the rest of the fish and the rest of the disciples being fishermen weren't stupid. There wasn't fish in the lake, or I'm assuming. Um, If they had fished all night, 
they probably had fished in those same waters over and over again. They could probably tell you exactly which way their fish swam, which spots they could find the fish in the morning, which spots you could find them in at night. They probably knew all the tricks to catching fish. They knew which net to use, how much weight to use, how deep to drop the net. But when Jesus showed up and spoke out the word, he created something. You see, one of the scriptures that we go over over and over again is where God said in Isaiah, the word that goes forth from my mouth shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I which I have sent it for. And, you know, Jesus is supernaturally interjecting a word into the situation and creating fish where there were no fish and creating the provision where previously there had been no provision. And it wasn't until, and God said, and Jesus said, you know, it's there, cast out your net. And it wasn't until they followed his direction and took a step out in faith and cast a net out, which defied all all of their logic as far as what was possible and what could be expected and what they knew from their own experiences were there. It wasn't until they laid that aside and trusted the voice of God and trusted Jesus and had faith that what he had said, he was able also to do. And so when they cast their net out again in faith, that's when they had a catch that was bigger than they could contain, so much that the boats boats were literally sinking. And it's another one of those verses we'll go over and over again is it says, for he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. It says in Jeremiah 33.3, it says, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things that you know not of. And, you know, the life of the disciples, just like everywhere else in the Old Testament, is a living representation and a living example for us. Um, And it doesn't change from Abraham all the way to the disciples to even now. I mean, Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's some basic steps is trust him. That's the basic step is to trust God, regardless of what the situation looks like, regardless of what you've tried, regardless of what the natural world will claim. Trust him, for as he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And, you know, the Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are not His thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are higher than our ways. Um, and there is a knowledge that comes from his perspective being the creator of everything. Knowing that all things, as it says in Colossians, through him all things exist and consist and have their meaning. And, you know, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would take of what is mine and declare it unto you. And it says, no man 
no one knows the spirit of uh, spirit of a man, the thoughts of a man, except the spirit of a man, and no one knows the heart and the thoughts of God, except for the spirit of God who is given unto us to reveal to us the heart and mind of the Father, and to make known to us the revelation of the mystery that were hidden from the foundation of the world, and we're just now in these last days revealed unto the church, which is Jesus Christ in the flesh saving the entire world through the death on a cross, which is simple and a a stumbling block to those who try with their own mind to comprehend and to put the pieces together and try to understand how things are possible when all that's really needed is faith, which is just trusting in God and understanding that you may not have all the answers and you may not be able to figure it out. And the things that God say may not always make sense. But it doesn't mean they don't make sense to him. Many times the Father will tell us things and he'll nudge us in certain directions and we won't really exactly know why. Um, until we step, take the step of faith. And then we see a miracle unfold, or we see some kind of blessing poured out upon our lives, which wouldn't be possible had we not taken a step of faith and been obedient to the Father so that we are in the position and in the place where he could pour out the blessing into our lives. Just something to think about. Um There's a couple of different things I was going to talk about tonight. Um, You know, it's interesting when we talk about faith and knowing the Lord. It really is that simple. It's, It's ironic and sort of scary how simple it is, the gospel of Christ and the gospel of salvation, that it's so simple that Jesus died for our sins, that we could live to God. Um, you know, it's it's funny because in the very end, the only thing that matters is knowing who he is and what he wants us to do and who we are in him. And everything else comes into place after that because those are always the first two questions. You know, when, when Paul, the apostle, before he was saved, he was, his name was Saul, and um, actually, we'll read this, and um, this is Acts um, chapter 9. It says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went out to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. You know, back in the beginning, Saul was a really bad guy. Um he had all the power and all authority to take anyone who found who was following Jesus and preaching the name of Jesus and have them thrown in jail and killed and everything else. And it says in um, verse 3, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? 
And he said, Who are you, Lord? Step one. Who are you? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And that phrase, what it sort of relates to is that it's sort of like in a conscience sense. It's hard to to kick against your own conscience when, you know, the Bible says that the goodness of God leads them to repentance. And we had already spoken in a previous night about how the Holy Spirit draws men unto the Father. And it's sometimes a quick process. Sometimes it's a long, drawn-out process. And to the point where sooner or later you just can't fight it anymore. And you just submit and you just stop fighting what you know is true, which is him. Because you can only fight and beat your hands against the air for so long before you turn around and say, okay, Jesus, whatever you want, who are you and what do you want for me and what do you want me to do? And in verse 6 it says, so he... Paul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. You know, and this is sort of interesting, because this goes back to Abraham. It's the same thing that God told Abraham. I mean, God showed up to Abraham one day and said, Get out, go, hey, leave, take your, I mean, leave your family, leave everything behind, and go into a land I will show you. And, you know, the first step of faith is not always knowing what lay on the other side. The first step of faith is just saying, yes, I will do and I will go wherever you want me to be. Because in the end, it's not about us. It's not about what necessarily what we want or what dreams we have. And the interest, ironic thing and interesting thing about that is the dreams that we have don't compare to the dreams that the Father God has for those who love him. It says, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And what that means is God wants to bless you. And Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And the blessing and the plans that God has for your life are so beyond comprehension that our simple dreams and expectations of what is possible are pale in comparison to what the Father really wants for us. You know, when the disciples are fishing and Jesus says, cast your net into the water, you know, they're probably only expecting one or two fish or just a few, like a basic catch. But it was overflowing. It was an abundance. It was so much of an abundance and a blessing they could not contain. And, you know, it sort of reminds me of Malachi. There's this verse that talks about tithing. And, you know, whatever you feel about tithing is whatever you feel about tithing. But it says, God said, try me now on this, or test me now on this, and see if I will not. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing which you cannot contain. And we think, okay, well, I can contain this much or maybe just this much. But, you know, when the Father talks about blessing us and he talks about provision and he talks about the grace and mercy that has been poured out into our lives, there is a measure 
of the Father's favor that has been poured into our lives that we can't possibly conceive of. Because his love for us and his purpose in our lives and his plans for our lives are so beyond our comprehension that all we can say is, what do you want me to do? And in the steps of obedience, when we follow him, is when he leads us into those pastures. You know, David, it says in the... In the Psalm of David, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And, you know, it's through obedience and through allowing the Holy Spirit and allowing Jesus to lead you and allowing the Word of God to lead you that you end up in the green pastures and you end up beside the still waters. You know, the green pastures speaks of provision and the still waters speak of peace and life. And we end up in a place of life and blessing and abundance that we couldn't possibly imagine. But it comes through first the step of faith and the simple trust of just saying, okay, Lord. And the second Thing is just having the obedience to take a step out on that faith and trust that he is able to do everything he said he's able to do. And so, once again, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. This is Prayer International Radio, and we'll be back in just a few moments.
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. I'm your host, Sean Holmberg, along with Christopher Herzog, who will be joining us in a little bit. Um, Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, if you have anything on your heart, um, please feel free to give us a call. Um, You can also, if you have an emergency prayer, um, you can email us at international at gmail.com and we're updated on email prayers within a few minutes from the time we receive them um so um i'm going to switch course here a little bit um and to let you know i usually wait till a few minutes before the broadcast and to see what scriptures the Holy Spirit brings to me and I'm never quite sure how they blend in together and so it's sort of like a surprise for me too um, but he, he's always faithful and I'm always surprised and shocked um, by what ends up coming out um, so Galatians if we talked about before the break we just took we talked about faith and trusting God and obedience. And one of the things we talked about last night with faith and obedience is the importance of knowing the Word of God so that when the enemy comes and tries to distort it or tries to to twist it around, we won't be deceived. And so when situations arise where we need to have faith, because, you know, James said, it says in James, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then Jesus said the Holy Spirit would bring to our remembrance everything he said to us. So in those times of need, when we have those scriptures implanted in our hearts, the Holy Spirit will draw out of that river of and that well that's inside of us of the word of God and bring it to our remembrance whenever we're in time of need. Um, you know, it's sort of funny. I, I've learned that because, you know, a relationship with God is just like a relationship with anybody else, except for he's God. But and for in the relationship sense, it's no different. And talking with God is no different than talking with anybody else. Because, you know, a relationship is built on communication and it's built on openness and honesty and the ability to be comfortable enough that you can tell someone anything and God's no different except for the fact he already knows what we're going to say. But that doesn't mean that we don't need to say it. And because part of honesty is having something to say and being willing to talk about it to someone. And so, you know, um, I learned a long time ago that if you are going to spend a a great deal of time learning and memorizing scripture, not to try to argue with God about something, because what he's going to use is those scriptures that are going to pretty much be the the answers to your questions, usually quicker than you can actually get out your objection. Um, Because I've found times in my life where I've been with whatever the issue was, and just like talking to God about it and I would start to ask a question and before I could even really get the answer the question out, a scripture that I had read in the past would immediately pop into my mind. You know, we talked about how sometimes not all the thoughts that we hear in our head are ours. Sometimes they are 
they can be the voice of the enemy. And we need to know the word of God so when we hear those thoughts that we know that they don't come from God. And at the same time, some of the thoughts we hear can be God putting thoughts in our head. And it's sort of like, scripture sort of happens like that. And so, Galatians chapter 1, it says, Paul said, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And, you know, Paul was convinced, as we should all be, that our calling is not from men. And men did not call us to preach the gospel. Men did not call us to go out into the world and declare things and to declare the word of God. The calling came from Jesus himself, and it came through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it says, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I love it that when Paul starts a letter, he starts immediately by telling you the most important thing, which is Jesus Christ came to deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. And it says in verse 6, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, then what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, then what you have received, let him be accursed. Or do I, do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And, you know, what Paul's saying is there are people out there who are going to take the gospel of Christ and the word of God, and they're going to twist it and pervert it for their own gain. And they're going to do it to please others instead of pleasing God. And we are those who seek to please him. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 3, I believe it's John chapter 3 or 4, when he was talking to Nicodemus, he said, the time is coming, or not Nicodemus, he was talking to the lady at the well, and he said, you know, the time is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for God is spirit. And those are the people who God seeks to worship him are not the ones who are just going to do it because they want to please those around them and they want to have an appearance of godliness or appearance of righteousness. It's those people who in their hearts are actually desiring to see the Father and those who are desiring to worship God just for who he is. And so... Throughout your life and throughout your Christian walk, there are always going to be people who take little bits and pieces of the gospel, and they never do it all at once. It's always little bits and pieces that they try to twist, to try to deceive people, whether they even realize it's what they're doing or not. I mean, we talked last night about how someone, one pastor said, well, there's not really any hell because God would never send anybody to hell for eternity. And then... And so simple things like that, 
it's just the gospel being perverted. So then there's no reason to be obedient to the, what the Word of God says because if God loves us, then supposedly according to their theory, you can do pretty much whatever you want and you can live any lifestyle you want because in the end you can just just you can just ask for forgiveness. Um, and if you read the Word of God, it does say that we have an advocate with Jesus Christ the righteous, and if anyone sins, we can come before the Father. But there's a fine line between grace and taking advantage of grace and abusing grace. And anyway, um, verse 11. But I made known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, um, there's a verse in John where it says, The same Spirit that dwells, that abides in you will teach you concerning all things, and that you don't need anybody to teach you. If you just have the Word of God and you just trust in the Holy Spirit to bring revelation and light to the Word of God and reveal it to you, you will learn more and a few minutes of spending time with the Holy Spirit than you could learn years at a Bible school. And I'm not knocking Bible schools, because, I mean, I, I used to go to Christ for the Nations, but there is a big difference between hearing the Word of God from a man and then hearing it from his mouth himself. Because when you hear the Word from a man, it can bring encouragement and it can bring enlightenment. But when you hear the word of God from him, from him himself, it brings revelation and it brings a living word inside of you that brings forth a transformation into our lives and into our hearts. And it says, For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. And that's, I mean, it's sort of like a reference back to Jeremiah, where it says in the first chapter of Jeremiah, God said, before you were born, I knew you. And before I formed you in the womb, I sanctified you. And I, and I called you a prophet to the nations. You know, God was declaring to Jeremiah, just like he declares to Paul, and just like he declared over all of us, before we were even born, God spoke a word into our lives and declared that we had a purpose. And, and it says, to reveal his son in me, It says in the Bible, it says that we are living epistles written not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is the heart. And we are, it says we are always caring about the fragrance of the Lord to a world. And it says that we are the light that is set on a hill, it said a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a candle and put it under a basket. And you know, the light that is in us is not us, it is the presence of God that is in us and working through us to shine out to a world that's in darkness. And it says, um, 
to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him for 15 days. And, and uh, But I saw none of the other apostles except for James and the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. Afterwards, I went into the regions of Syria and Sicily. And I was unknown by faith to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only, he who formerly persecuted us now pre- now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they glorified in God in me. And the interesting thing about this and what he's declaring is that your old life was washed away. And there is a new life and a new birth in Christ Jesus where you become a new man. You know, in the Old Testament, it declares that the Holy Spirit would come upon people and they become almost like a new person. But in now, when we have the gift of the Holy Spirit... And the Holy Spirit has been sent by God through Jesus Christ to be our guide and our counselor and our helper. We literally are new people. It says that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Paul said that we have died with Christ, that we may live with him. And we have become new creatures, new creations. We have been given a new life and a new birth. And so when God sees us, he doesn't see the old things. All he sees is the new, and he sees the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, upon our lives. And when you go out, people will see the change and they'll glorify God. And it builds their faith because they can see the power of God toward us who believe in Him. Anyway, we're going to take a break for a second. Um, our call in number is 619-638-8458. Um, my name is Sean Holmberg, and this is Prayer International Radio. And we will be back in just a few seconds.
God, we're back for the second half of Face to Face. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'm picking up our prayer international broadcast. Of course, Sean Holmberg was sharing his heart tonight, sharing the word, sharing in prayer, and of course, worship. And so we just want to bless our Prayer International family, those of you that are listening to the broadcast, those of you that are following www.prayerinternational.org. Of course, if you want to call in, if you're close to a phone, call in 619-638-8458. And you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We're taking prayer requests, testimonies. If there's anything you'd like to share, uh, maybe we can contribute it on our website. We've got some different contributors that email in different things. And so we are reaching out to you as your spiritual family tonight. Of course, we're broadcasting out of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, Dallas-Plano area. And we are reaching out across the nation and reaching out to the nations of the world. So we just declare the will of God be done and the kingdom of God come into your life tonight and that you would know the love of Jesus. That you know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. You know the peace of God that passes all understanding. And that your heart would just learn to cry out. Maybe you're just in a place tonight where you just really need the love of God. You just need to cry out to the Lord. We're here for you. This is Prayer International Radio. Here 
Praise God. We're back. This is Prayer International. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host for the second half of the broadcast. Of course, if you're listening tonight, we just want to thank those of you that have been in and out of the chat room tonight and that are praying for us and that are supporting us with your prayers and your donations and just Everything, your support, your encouragement. You know, we've got people in different churches. We want to bless Destiny Christian Center. We want to bless Citywide Harvest Church, River of Glory Church, and the Dallas Fort Worth area. Of course, Church of His Glory in Rockwell, Texas. Again, Pastor John Lee at Citywide Harvest Church. And we just want to bless you and thank you tonight for your support. We are praying for different ministries. For our blog talk radio families, those of you that are listening, also those of you that are broadcasting, and we just want to bless you and just ask that the Lord touch you, use you, and touch those that are listening as well. You know, we are all about lifting up ministers and ministries and the body of Christ. Sean will tell you we are not here to be self-seeking. We are not here to promote our thing we would like you to get involved, um, you know, and of course we're going to tell you about it. But we're here to declare and proclaim, we're not promoting, we're pro- proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are not ashamed of the gospel. I'm here to tell you that it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. And we are declaring tonight, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, You'll hear me say this quite a bit. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, then you shall be saved. Well, you know, faith works the same way when it comes to when it comes to healing or prophecy or your provision or whatever it is in your life, whatever the principle is that operates in the kingdom or in the spiritual realm, it works the same way as your salvation. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. And Jesus said to say, listen to this, I want to talk to you a little bit about prayer. You know, you want to understand how prayer works? A lot of the way your prayer works is what comes out of your mouth, which actually is the fruit of the seed that's deposited in your heart. The Bible says, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You'll know I'm I'm stuck on this. Uh, I talk about this quite a bit because it's a life lesson for me. This is something that my wife and I, and our spiritual family, our friends are learning and have learned that you get what you say. Whatever comes out of your mouth, that's what comes into your life. And, you know, the Bible says there's life and death and the power of your tongue. And those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It also says in the Proverbs that a man is ensnared, a person is ensnared by the fruit of their own lips. And so this is what Jesus had to say about it. And this is concerning prayer. 
He says in Matthew twenty one twenty two, in all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believe you shall see. Okay? Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore I say to you what things soever you desire, whatever's in your heart, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Okay, so whatever's in your heart, the Bible says from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever you hide in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. Jesus said whenever something comes out of your heart, see, prayer isn't always just asking. Prayer isn't always speaking words. We need to understand that sometimes prayer is just a heartfelt Relationship with God Sometimes, You know the Bible says The Holy Spirit The Spirit itself makes groanings The Holy Spirit makes groanings Which cannot be normally uttered Or spoken And that tells me sometimes there's a There's a groaning There's a yearning of the heart You see sometimes what we feel inside can't afford language. Sometimes what we feel inside, there's there's no uh, dialogue that can really even make it happen. And, you know, we can pray, and I do believe in praying in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Lord has given us a heavenly language. When we are filled with the Holy Ghost, we have access. We have the uh, blessing. We have the uh, privilege of being able to pray in a heavenly language. The Father says he makes it accessible to those. In my name they shall speak with new tongues. He, Jesus said it. First Corinthians 12 and 14, uh, 13 also. Mainly 13 is the love chapter. But the spiritual gifts are in First Corinthians 12 and 14 and Romans 8. Also expresses that Jude verse 20 Will also express that And we'll get into that later on Um, I can give those scriptures later And probably get into those And teach some of those Throughout the program broadcast But we're not talking about that Uh, Praying in a heavenly language That's a wonderful thing to do Some people call it praying in tongues Praying in the Holy Ghost Whatever you want to call it But what we're talking about is, Is praying from the heart what I'm talking about right now is praying in the spirit, praying from your heart. Okay, and your spirit makes intercession and groanings which cannot normally be uttered, Romans eight twenty six. What I'm saying is there's a there's a language that the Father understands and it's not just some recital, it's not just some verbiage, it's not something you can confess off a page or out of a book. Although I do believe in confession, I think that you should Pray and confess the word of God And declare the word of God I think that's a very important part of Prayer life and a person's prayer life I think it can very be, be very uh, Rich And be a real big blessing But what I'm talking about Okay, prayer sometimes is You can't dictate You can't recite it Intercession is, is more like heaven dictating to you what you should say. It's something that, that burns inside of your soul. It, it speaks. It's, it's not enough for your, your lips just to speak, okay? 
but there's longings that only, you know, heaven can search out your heart. There's only, there's these things inside of you, feelings, that you'll connect with heaven. Listen, you'll have a restlessness inside of you, okay? And when you reach out for him, only his spirit will begin to fill it and settle it, bring a peace over you. And I do believe we're supposed to pray always with all prayer, supplication in the spirit. Ephesians six eighteen says all prayer in the spirit. Supplication in the spirit. There's different types of prayer. But when you're praying in the spirit, you've got to be conformed to his will. You've got to be filled with his love. You've got to be heart-to-heart connected with the Father. When you ask, you got to ask right. you got to ask in accordance to his will. you got to ask what's in line with his heart. Jesus said, when you, you have not because you ask not, and you... When you ask, you ask and miss. Well, listen, sometimes it's you're asking with wrong motives, but sometimes you may be asking for things that are not conformed to God's will. You may be asking for things that are not in line with his plan for you or conform to his nature. But God wants you to begin to conform yourself. See, we're transformed by beholding him. We are changed. But faith comes, and we grow from faith to faith and glory to glory by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we begin to hear the Word of God, the Bible says that we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, right? We have to get to a place where we're like, God, your will be done. Let's start asking ourselves, you know, am I in line with God or or the boundaries around my life, the boundaries that God's placed around my life. Is God's will in my life the most focused, fixed, focal point, place of desire in my heart, place of affection? Is it the will of the Father? The Holy Ghost knows your heart. The psalmist said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and leave me in your way everlasting. Sometimes we need to understand God's perspective. Sometimes we think prayer is just as much speaking and coming in, shouting out the word of God and sledgehammering it. And I, I, hey, I believe there's a time and a place. There's a time for everything. I do believe we need to pound out our situation with the word of God. We need to speak to our mountains and get the word of God in our mouth. We need to confront our enemies with the word of God. I do, yes, I, I believe that that's part of warfare, spiritual warfare. And the declaration, and even Jesus knew how to come against the enemy with the word. 
And even Eve at first came against the enemy, the serpent, with the word of the living God. And later John tells us, hey, Lust of the eye, lust of flesh, pride of life. How do you combat it with the word? I agree with all that, but listen, sometimes there's a place where we just are aligning ourselves with the Spirit of God. We're aligning our heart with His. We're aligning our thoughts with His. We're we're feeling what God feels, and we're we're just sensing the leading and the wooing of the Holy Spirit. That holiness of God, that presence, the glory of the Most High, where He's overshadowing us. Look, there's victory in the Holy Ghost, and if you can get in His presence and be led by His Spirit and, and learn to follow places of His presence and stay in those places where God, there's victory. There's victory in the Spirit, there's freedom. It's not by my, not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Zechariah 4, 6. And we might be declaring might and power, might and power, and yes, Lord, there's a spirit of might, a spirit of power, a spirit of the Holy Ghost. There's also a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of counsel and a spirit of love. Huh? He sacrificed Calvary. The blood of Jesus was the real might and the power. It was from love. It was love. It's the greatest gift. Come on. Love subdues. Love is powerful. It's the greatest gift. Jesus said, even if you confront, do it in love. If you have faith, faith works by love. Everything starts with love. It's the gentle pressure of love that, that brings righteousness and executes righteousness in the earth. You know, we... We want to suppress and force and, you know, what we do, we make demands and we exercise our rights and our pride well up and we, we want to prosecute. We want to say, hey, the law says this and the law says this. I do it, but we all do it. But these end up destroying each other, man. We end up destroying uh, everything God wants to do when we do these kind of things, right? But God says, look, love. you got to love one another. Love God with all your heart, come on and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's love that's the power. Love that's a positive energy for those of you that are spiritual, whatever. Okay, but yeah, faith works by love. Everything works by love. We need to know that in the church. We need it in our homes, in our marriages, in our parent-child relationships. Might and power will come to ashes.
but it's the spirit. Everything will fade away. Everything will fade away. All the acts, all the accomplishments of man, all our wisdom is going to fade away. But it's his love, it's his word that stands forever. The grass withers and the flower fades, but his word stands forever. Listen. And you must be rooted and established in the love of God. If you're going to have a faith that endures, if you're going to have a faith that moves mountains, if you're going to have a faith and be a a finisher, if you're going to finish strong, if you're going to finish well to the end, if you're going to put your hand to the plow and not draw back, listen, you've got to have an ever-increasing faith. Faith that works by love. So I'm telling you, God is pouring out a spirit. God is pouring out a spirit, and it's that spirit that's shedding the love of God abroad in our hearts. It's giving us love for God because, hey, he first loved us. See, no one can come to God unless the spirit draws them. And God first loved us. And that's what even causes us to love him. Remember back when your heart was pricked. Remember back when God touched you in your soul. And he became your first love. He became your all in all. He became that treasure, that hid treasure that you're seeking. All of a sudden there was a well that was springing up in your soul. Praise God. So God. If you need prayer, we want to be here. Your prayer family, your prayer international. My name is Chris Herzog, the host right now, and Sean Holmberg, also the, I guess, the host, co-host, whatever. We're really, we're both the co-hosts, and we just declare that the Holy Ghost is the, the host, the, the Lord of hosts. How about that? Is the host of our show. You know, if, if he doesn't build this, we labor in vain anyways. And if it's not by his spirit, guess what? It's, 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 it's just... Paul called it right. Paul said it's dung. If it's not Jesus, if it doesn't have anything to do with Jesus, but it's dung anyway. So we're here to tell you, we don't want to be full of it. We want to be full of him. All right, full of the Holy Ghost. And there's a lot of people that are full of it. You know, you can see right through, and the Bible says they're clouds without rain. They just boast. They talk about this and they talk about that. But we're here to boast in the Lord. We're here to make our boast in the Lord. We're here to declare that his name is above every name, the name of Jesus. There is one God in heaven and earth. His name is Jehovah. And his one Son, only begotten of the Father, his name is Jesus, Yeshua. Whatever you want to call him, whatever language you're in, it doesn't matter. Because every tribe and every tongue will bow their knee and confess him as Lord. And you can either confess him now 
in this life, or you will confess in one day. It's just a matter of time. But let me tell you something. There is a beautiful life prepared for you. A wonderful life prepared. If you'll trust him, if you'll let him in. Let the Lord in. He loves you tonight. He says he's standing at your heart's door knocking. And if you let him in, he said, I'll come in and I'll sup with you. I'll eat with you. I'll dine with you. I'll break bread with you. I'll fellowship. Look, he's got daily bread. He's got fellowship. He's got the fellowship of his sufferings to share with you. And even though that might sound horrid, listen. What we go through in this life is nothing compared to the glory we're going to have in the next life. Whatever you have to endure for his sake, whatever you have to deal with for his glory, whatever persecution you deal with, whatever criticism, whatever sufferings, whatever torment, whatever happens in this life, listen, the Bible says that you will be rewarded for whatever you endure for his namesake, whatever you give up, to give up land or property or houses or family. If you do it for his namesake, he says, blessed are you. If you throw down your nets and leave your, your job to follow the Spirit of God into another venture, into another turn in your life, You may just have to trust Him. Look, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him. Hey, why do I share this over and over? There's a reason. Because you have to trust in the Lord. Trust. Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. Your hope's been deferred. You know why? You've been focusing on that dream. You've been focusing on that thing so much that you forgot about God. Listen. Put him first. Put him first. Make him the first fruit. Make him your all in all. Make him the one thing. Make make Jesus Lord of your life. Make him master of your destiny. Make him the lover of your soul. You know what? Give your heart to him. Give your mind to him. Give your body to him. Give your household to him, give your family to him, your marriage, your job, your finances, whatever it is, whatever the idol in your heart is, lay it at his feet and put him first. And listen, he will honor you, he will bless you, he will he will. He'll reward you. Praise God, we just want to thank you, those of you in the chat room. Looks like we've got Cuba Rene and a couple guests. We want to bless you tonight. Thank you for your support. We just bless you, bless your ministry, bless the work of your hands. Also, we want to bless our Facebook family tonight and, of course, our Blog Talk Radio family that's reaching out and, of course, our Prayer International family. And you know, more than that, we just we want to bless our own family. You know, I know Sean, his wife Rebecca, and their children are 
very supportive of what we're doing, and my wife Tracy is very supportive of what I do. You know, she sacrifices with me when it's time to shut everything down and go into ministry mode and go into radio mode. You know, she knows uh, it's time for us to consecrate, pray, and, and shift gears, and so she's right along with it. And so more than that, I want to thank my own family, my wife, Tracy. I want to thank Sean and his wife, Rebecca, and their family, the children. And, of course, our spiritual family and our church family, those of you that have supported us with prayer and encouragement, we just want to bless you in the name of the Lord. We just say God's will be done in his kingdom comes to them. May he touch you. Touch your hearts by the power of this Holy Spirit. We just pray the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the fire of God is falling. There's fire falling. The fire of God is coming down. Listen. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Praise Jesus.
we're back. And of course, this is another edition of Prairie International Face to Face. And it's about 15 minutes till midnight. And we are worshiping the Lord. If you want prayer or need some encouragement or need anything or just want to call and listen to the show, whatever the case is, 619 638 8458 Questions, comments, just need to connect, or you want to send your info and want us to send out some prayer and get you on our prayer list where we can start lifting you up daily. Let us know. And of course, we are talking tonight a little bit just about the word of the Lord. And you know, I made a comment earlier about just thanking our spiritual family and thanking our, uh, you know, ministry family, everybody that's supporting us. But more than any of that, I wanted to really just extend my gratitude towards my own family, my wife, and for Sean and his family, just extend gratitude towards them. And you know, I think a lot of times in ministry we get so caught up doing for others and, and being the servant, trying to put others' needs before our own, that a lot of times our own families, our own wives, our own husbands, our spouses, whatever the case is, our children, parents, whatever it is, sometimes they get put on the back burner. Sometimes their needs get neglected or overlooked or not tended to um, as much as they should be. And so I think a lot of times we need to pray and ask for balance and really seek out balance in our personal life, our personal devotion to God where we're making sure we're staying prayerful and staying filled with the Holy Spirit and, and staying in tune with His Word and the voice of the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. In our personal lives, we need to stay in tune. And in our marital lives, marital, our marriage we need to stay upright with our spouses, stay in communication, build a family altar, begin to pray. And I think a lot of times when we don't do those things, we begin to neglect our spouse's needs or whatever they are. Uh, the things, they order the home and the, the peace, everything kind of gets disrupted. And so we really need to strive to find a balance and be not only Jesus, to the world, but be Jesus to our spouses, be Jesus to our children, be Jesus to our parents, to our neighbors, you know, in the home, in our families, just really, just let the light of Christ shine, and just be genuine, and so, you know, I just want to say that as a word of encouragement to those of you that are on the front lines or ministering or in a place of leadership or influence. Um, If you would really just find a balance. You know, the Bible says a false scale and a false balance is an abomination unto the Lord. 
And, you know, we're commanded by God to find the balance. Praise God. All right, so with that, last one switchboard for a minute. Well, praise the Lord, we're back. Okay. So we're commanded by God to find a balance. And, you know, I really think that's important. And, you know, we're going to have to strive to do that even with, you know, for those of you that work full-time and maybe you run a business or work for a business and you tend to a house, you know, you have a spouse, a wife, a husband, and children possibly, maybe, maybe not. But, you know, life is very busy and it's really hard sometimes to juggle and figure out how to make everything run how to make everything go right. And without getting caught in the gears, you know, sometimes, without getting caught up with the pressures of life. You know, the Bible says that the cares of the world are like weeds that come along and try to choke out the word of God within us. There's things that try to steal our peace, things that try to rob us of our peace, not only in our our minds, in our lives, but in our families, in our homes, with our children, with our Spouses, and of course in ministry or in work, business, clients, but the demand that, that just everything operates. You know, this this machine just goes, and the gears are spinning, and the wheels are going, and everything's cranking. And if you don't stay in the flow, it's easy to just get caught up. Shoot up in the gears. Life can really chew you up and spit you out. If you don't find your rhythm, if you don't find your flow in the Spirit of God, listen, even in the the process of God, sometimes there's hard times. There's hard things that we face. There's things that we go through. That's why it's important to be anchored, be anchored in your soul. Jesus said, look, that way the man that built his house on the on the rock, when the winds and the storms of life came, it didn't fall down. But the one that, that built his house on the sand, he was the guy that didn't take heed to the word. And the, and the pressures of life leveled it. Great was the fall of it. And the Bible says, pride comes before a fall. See, if you humble yourself in the sight of God, he'll lift you up. And if you humble yourself and you begin to reach out to God as your source, as your provision, as your warrior, the one that fights your battles for you, the one that provides for you, the one that leads you through the valley of the shadow of death, the one who tells you to fear no evil because he's not giving you a spirit of fear, but he's giving you a power, love, and a sound mind. You need to know who you are. You need to know who your father is. Who's your daddy? You need to know who your father is. See, Jesus, when he prayed, he didn't just say, my father, which art in heaven. Although he could have, rightfully so, God was his father. But he said, our father. He wanted us to know, hey, God is our father too. God's your father too. 
You have a father in heaven, a spiritual father. A father, God says, I'll be a father to the fatherless. And you need to know who you are. See, there's an identity crisis in our nation. There's an identity crisis in our world. And there's people running around without an identity. They don't know who they are. They don't know why they're here. They don't know why they were created. They don't know who their daddy is. Listen. The Bible says, They that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. God has prepared No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it ever entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Listen. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we could ever ask or think. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Listen, God's got things planned and prepared for you. He says, I've got a hope and a future. problem is, is you don't get in line, you don't get in tune, you don't get in into the place where you can be still and know that he is God. You can be in the place where you're quiet before him, listening to his still, small voice, leading you into those places of blessing, leading you into your opportunities, leading in, you into the will of God and the destiny of God for your life specifically. Listen, the will of God is is not just a Bible verse, but the will of God is geographic. It's specific for every individual. It's relational. It's people. It depends on who you are and where God's taking you. It's not everybody's watch. Not everybody's walk is the same. Not everybody's calling is the same. Not everybody's calling is the same. That's why God said, the eyes of your understanding be opened and you would know what the hope of your calling is and what the the inheritance that God has prepared for you is. You see, if you study the life of David, it wasn't like the life of Moses or the life of Saul. If you study the life of Elisha and Elijah, their life wasn't like the life of Esther or the life of Paul. And John the Baptist did not wear the same robes that King Solomon did. But yet they all had their inheritance. They all had their relationship. They all had their assignment. They all had the blessing of the Lord and the favor of God on their lives in their own right, in their own place, in their own country, in their own people, with their own people. God is no respecter of persons. Listen, find out what the thus saith the Lord for your life is. Live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Develop hourly obedience to the voice of God. Learn to listen. 
The Bible says, be slow to speak, be quick to hear, and slow to ask. Why does it say that? Because if you're still on the inside, if you're calm and you're peaceful on the inside, if you're slow to wrath, slow to anger, listen. If you're still and peaceful on the inside, you'll be able to be quiet and hear his voice. Be still and know that I am God. Don't be anxious. Don't be riled up. And see, if you're slow to speak, then you won't be talking through God talking, and you you won't talk through God, and you won't miss anything. Why well, God says, be slow to speak and quick to hear. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Jesus said that, have eyes, there's people that have eyes but see not, and they have ears but they hear not. But see, God says the hearing ear and the seeing eye, he's made them both. And if you're a believer today, if you're in Christ, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're walking in the spiritual walk of God, and if you're seeking out the things of God, listen, he wants you to have a hearing ear. He wants you to have a seeing eye. He wants you to learn to be obedient to the voice of God. Listen, we have one minute left. So I'm going to pray a prayer for you, and we will go back into this tomorrow night. We'll be back with you. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. I want to thank our Blog Talk Radio family. God bless you. Thank our Facebook family and those that are on the different media streams. God bless you tonight in our prayer international family and of course our own family and we just want to speak a blessing right now over the family that God has given us whether it be our natural our own our spiritual family God bless you tonight we pray the will of God be done and the kingdom of God come into your life may the hand of God lead you and guide you may the peace of God be with you everywhere that you go we pray in the name of Jesus. Tonight, and that you would know the beauty of the Lord. That you would know the beauty of the Lord tonight. Praise God. Mm-hmm.